0: Love Talk Radio. Good morning, this is Gail Sylvia, but I'm actually sitting in here co-hosting with the host of this hour, Randolph Duke. Um, The evolution of self-image and how we create, um, tips on how we create our own self-image, whether we're on or off that red carpet, just in everyday life. Um, The wonderful thing about Randolph Duke being here on Sylvia Global is that he gives all of us, you know, just... You know, the, those of us who are not entertainers or not actresses, um, uh, and well-known performers, he gives all of us an opportunity to see the value of our existence and how we can create. An image for ourselves that makes us feel um, our, like we're at our best. Randolph, thank you so much for being here this morning.
1: Good morning, okay. Gail. And, and I'm so glad you, you started with that. What a, what a nice introduction. And, you know, we've had some conversations about this, and we wanted to be very clear that as much as, you, you know, somebody's um, uh, reputation can be formed by things we see in snippets on the internet or or how they might be best known as a result of uh, public relations, PR, publicity and the many actresses and entertainers as, as you have said that I've dressed. Um, I, we, we don't want it to be um, misread or misunderstood that I've dressed so many women everywhere in the world with my products that have sold in high-end retailers, mid-retailers and and um, very affordable retailers like my business on HSN, Home Shopping Network and QVC in the past where I've been able to reach women of, of all socioeconomic brackets and, and make it possible for uh, a non-exclusive world of expressing oneself and dressing oneself and as a result being able to achieve that self-expression that we're going to be talking about today and and the power that comes with that. You know, there's tremendous power in feeling good, feeling beautiful as a result of 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 the attempts to look beautiful, which I think is the byproduct. So, as a means to an end, um, trying to achieve that is is not it's not something that should be intimidating or feel exclusive to to some and not others, uh, regardless of your lifestyle. It's funny. I was telling you earlier before we went on air, Gail, that I had some uh, emails last night, um, very brief, but from different women in different places, saying, "Well, you know, I live in Anchorage, Alaska. Really." <laughs> is that quite, you know, we, we it's it's tough today because you have to really uh, um, read between the lines. You know, what what was that woman asking me? Really, like for me too? Um, I think a lot of it is that. I think a lot of women do feel excluded. Don't live anywhere near a department store, let alone a, a place to buy fashion. They live in rural communities. They have very diverse jobs. Their their concerns are are, are probably far beyond what color lipstick or what pair of shoes they're going to wear that day, depending on what they do with their lives. This is in, in, in no way intended to be a narrow conversation, but rather a broad one. And thank you for that platform, and, and I think clearing that up just a little bit. Take as much as you need. Take as little as you need. But um, I, I think this aspect of of people feeling better about their self-images, using the power of their their uh, experience in terms of self-possession and, and owning their image and expressing that fully is, is powerful. You know, last week we sort of spoke a bit about that famous quote, um, know first who you are and then adorn yourself accordingly by um, the Greek philosopher, Hipatitetis and and i th- I think today I'd like to go a little bit more into depth and more finite um detail some of the tips and disciplines you know women can can work on in terms of attaining that uh what seems to be often very mysterious
0: well let's um start with i think a a lot of it um comes down to images and wording you know that that's what we all we have to go by. Uh, when we're when we have introductions or make introductions, and so the image that 's associated with so many beautiful designs you know that you 've created and have been in places that you know and associated with women in places that seem distant for many of us where the wonderful thing about you being on Sylvia Global in this show is that you're showing that there this can be achieved. Absolutely. within our own definition and our own world. So when I hear the comment, um and which is wonderful feedback from a lady in um Anchorage, Alaska saying, Really, it could be, you know, that word and the the way it's presented itself can be have two different um, interpretations.
1: Absolutely. Really? It can be her saying really how exciting yeah, or really, I can interpret like, that can being really it. like me I, in Anchorage, Alaska so you're right we live in such a, a world of brevity today with the text and speed that everything is moving and with the internet being such an incredible medium for the interconnectivity of all of us at the same time we have to be careful that we're understood and that yeah. Um, yeah. we understand and not miss the forest for the trees and by yeah. that I mean that, that I think often women do miss the forest for the trees when we, these discussions arise, because, uh, no, you know, the, the, the vast majority of women I've dressed by far were not on a red carpet, were not um, uh, uh, gracing the silver screen or stages of the world or entertainers, singers, actresses and, so, and such. They were, you know, and I always struggle to come up with a word here. I've never liked that word, the average woman.
0: No, um, I, no.
1: Who yeah. would like to be called average? Average, not I, don't, I right. think average has. It's not that it's a negative connotation. It's just a a sort of middle of the road word. I mean, you would never really describe yourself on your resume as average, would you? You would never write about yourself as average. You would find the things about you that are the most self possessed, the most uh, honed the things you appreciate, the things you've worked on, educated yourself in. I don't think we would ever present ourselves. So why would we want to present ourselves in terms of our image as average? And why would we want to speak about ourselves that way? It's, it's an odd word, average. It, it it really can depend on how you look, at, you look at it. I would think we would want to hold ourselves with slightly more unique, individual, um, at least things that are particular unto ourselves that are, uh, to repeat myself again, unique. And I, I think a lot of that is what we're going to be focusing on in, in upcoming weeks is how um, uh, there, you, know, you really can't have a perception about any facet of your self-image that's negative unless you're making a comparison. Clearly, the only thing that can make you feel negatively or badly about yourself is when you're comparing it to whether it be your body, your clothing, your wardrobe, what you can afford, how you dress. I don't know how to put it together. I don't like my hair. I I mean, I can hear the tapes of the millions of women I've dressed just in my mind, whether I've really met them or not. They're not any different than those celebrities that I've dressed. And that's where the point is, that the process of helping these celebrities choose something to wear on a red carpet where they're going to be dissected by critics and pundits and experts in fashion, who's really everybody today, imagine the pressure. They're basically just, and I use the word everyday women, just like women everywhere. So I use everywhere and every day as kind of a... a, a a word in in exchange for average And, and I mean that in that it's very inclusive. They have no different feelings and insecurities than women everywhere who are getting dressed for work, whether they work on a ranch that they maintain themselves or whether they work in a corporate tower running a, a Fortune 500 company. We all have different aspects of our, our lives that require us to get dressed, put ourselves together every day, whether it be putting more or less makeup on or tighter or looser-fitting clothes or work clothes that mean farming in a, in a field of strawberries in uh, Northern California or uh, work clothes that you know require us to, um, to attend board meetings. You have to get dressed every day, you know you have to adorn yourself to go back to that to that famous Greek philosopher quote and and what better way to do that than than knowing yourself first and and investing in in the knowing of who you are before you start making those choices um in, in the end there are two ways to look at it there's uh, a negative tape that you can keep playing which is going to bring you nothing but unfortunately um not great feelings you know if we continue to tell ourselves things that are not pleasing about our ourselves as a result of the comparisons you know as they say compare and despair we're going to continue having an, uh, not such a great fun ride or such a great experience. Um, my effort really is to help women start changing that tape with methods that are, you know, taken from the worlds of, of new age thinking, spiritual metaphysics, um, self-help work that I've I've done and, and experienced through different teachers in my lifetime, and really fusing them with techniques that are 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 just that they're 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 very studied and very learned. I think many women feel that style is something that um, excludes them or can evade them. they, they, they if I have this very mysterious idea about fashion, about style, when really much of it can be taught, so much of it can be taught.
0: Well, let's go right into it. What are some of the, you know, the tips and techniques that you, you know, want to share with um, your okay. listeners?
1: well you know i 've said before that this sort of came to me at a point in my career where I felt i 'd reached a crossroads and and it was largely due to what we 've just spoken about. I felt that so much of what i I, I was doing was being fueled by uh, by image by p r by you know uh, keeping up with a fashion world in new York and when I transitioned about uh, eleven years ago, moving back to Los Angeles and focusing on different aspects of my business and becoming much more entrenched in selling popularly-priced clothing to everyday women we will start using this language so we become familiar with it, and I'll stick to it. Um, I I, I had to really take a step back and, and examine what some of the problems were. And much of it was that women were detaching from the images they were seeing, whether it be on the runway or in fashion magazines, in advertising, even on the covers of magazines. I think women were starting to feel, I don't look like that. That's not my lifestyle. I'll never look like that. How could I? And so much of what they were seeing was merely an illusion, an illusion of kind of an ideal beauty created by people who had technology on their side, airbrushing um, and perfecting images so that uh, it, it, it could sell a magazine or sell a product, which is a lot of what you look at today. We all know those uh, cosmetic ads, and I don't want to name any brands that you know have these lashes that seem to go on for days, and, and you too can have them. Uh, I mean, I, I can clearly tell that most of these ads have been altered, you know. They, I think one has just been pulled, we can talk about it, has just been pulled from from advertising. It's a a, a, a Dior ad, and I think that, that was on all over the Internet yesterday that has been pulled because uh, I guess they deemed it a bit too much false advertising, that clearly we could see that these weren't real eyelashes. And so I think that's what, what women sort of have to fill in the gaps today and, and use their heads. It also has a lot to do with their their own lifestyle and applying these methods for their own lifestyle. One of the things that I think is important is starting at the beginning. When you decide to do this and invest in yourself in a different way, it's kind of almost an overhaul of sort. It, It might be a way to sort of rejuvenate your style, and I like to call it reclaiming your style. You know, we live in a time where anything's possible, and we're not dictated to by the by the style of the time, so much you know uh, in my book, I talk about how previous eras women pretty much looked uh, a- uh, as a result of uh, post war america a certain way, and for the most part, it was a fairly safe um, a safe look you know they didn 't deter from it and it uh, there were certain standards and they had a lot to do with um uh, uh, the times and, and the result of a post-war America. And I, I think that really started to all change in the 60s and 70s, and now has completely broken free with an individualism and a self-expression um, tolerance that um, really runs the gamut. I mean, there, there are still I, uh, some socially acceptable and less acceptable ways of looking but for the most part you can really determine how it is you want to look so that makes it in some ways very exciting but in some ways very challenging and and it seems like a quite a high mountain to climb you know figuring out how you want to look and i think the the place that most women get off track is that they they don't honor what they love they don't tend to invest in what they naturally like and so getting back to that is your, your first clue and your first tip, I believe, and in, in, in terms of my tips, is, is creating somewhat of a diary, a love letter, and we're going to talk about these specifically, a self-examination that allows you to have the tools to be able to better express your your self-image. It does come down to technique in the beginning before you can get emotional about it. I think too many women get very emotional about the process of choosing makeup, the process of choosing clothing, and they just wind up all flustered. Well, no wonder. I mean, you, you go in to try something on and it doesn't fit, and you run screaming out of the dressing room. We all know that too well.
0: <laughs> um, you know,
1: men try a suit on it doesn't fit. They call the tailor. Right. It's a very systematic <laughs> approach. It's, there's technique involved. Um, uh, so... Going back to that quote of knowing thyself really in, involves with women, I, I think, really investing in somewhat of a, a diary, sort of uh, beginning by getting yourself a, a, a wonderful book or honoring yourself with some kind of manual that you can start collecting things from life that that really remind you more of who you are but also allow you to collect things that, that create a thread for you to honor the things you love. Um, when looking at magazines, you know, tear out pages, tear out clippings, tear out colors. When uh, when anything sort of pops into your consciousness that you see, that you can uh, click or save, put it in a folder on your desktop um, and, and make it a personal folder. Lock it. Make it something that is really intimate between yourself because, after all, you're creating uh, a self-image here. You're evolving your self-image. You're expressing yourself. And it can—it really doesn't have to be limited. It can be an album cover. It can be a a, a picture of the beautiful hair you'd like to have. It can be a vintage picture of somebody you felt looked wonderful back in the 1890s. It can be uh, pictures of things not even related to clothing. It can be pictures of architecture. It can be buildings. It can be places. Anything that inspires you, that makes you feel good. I would say that the barometer here, though, are things, images, tidbits, snippets, Um, whether they be on the Internet and you put them in a folder or whether they be physical and you put them on a board, clearly that medium limits the size of things. You know, you'll have to use photographs. You'll have to use um, uh, uh, swatches. You'll have to use colors, things that you can put on that board. But start noticing things that you like and and collect them. Um, It also helps you sort of determine a, a continuity in what you like, and you'll start seeing that, you have a tendency to always go back to that one thing or that one fragrance or that one scent or that one note or that particular shade of nude or, uh, or that combination of black and white or that in- incredible pink you always love. You'll start seeing why you like the things you do, and it'll make it easier for you to be unique and definitive about your choices when it comes to your style. I mean, after all, if you're wearing things that make you feel good because you like them, you're going to have that much better a day. So if you're getting dressed quickly in the morning and rushing and not knowing what you're going to wear, and it turns out it's an important day that you really feel your appearance is is matters, and you haven't put maybe an extra five minutes into it the night before or pre-selecting or, or thinking about how you may want to look, you might find yourself flustered and as a result feel defeated when all day long you're fidgeting with something uh, about your outfit that doesn't quite fit right, feel right, and as a result look right. I mean, I mean, in the end, your comfort level and how how well you feel is a reflection on, on, um, on, on how well you, you, you invested and put it together. Mm-hmm.
0: Randolph, you have a caller. Um, Good morning. You're on the air, Um, area code 707. Hi, Gail Sylvia. It's Marsha Nelson. Hi, (laughs) Marsha. What a nice thing! It's good to hear your voice. Hey, I'm so happy to call
2: in, and I'm I'm so thrilled about this show. Hi, Marsha. Hi, Randolph.
1: It's nice to talk to you. You
2: know, uh, Randolph. Let me introduce myself. I am the host of the New Feminine Wealth radio show on SylviaGlobal.com dot com on Tuesdays, and um, I've been invited to call in and chat with you for a few minutes.
1: I'm aware of that, and I, I got that email, and, and I'm really happy to have you here because I think you can also lend a, a wonderful voice to the subject we're talking about. What do you what do you think about all of this?
2: Well. You know, there's there's so much. And what, what I'm really interested in is um, w- women, you, you and I dovetail really well. You're really helping women develop their self-image outside and inside. And I think that's exactly what needs to happen. And I'm working with helping women connect with their true self as it relates to money who 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 are they authentically and how can they bring the heart and the soul of their being into their relationship with money their definition of wealth and the way they think feel and speak about wealth at all levels and uh, that includes everything that you're talking about as well.
1: It does it really does I mean this is is kind of an inside job you know it 's so interesting that that the idea of of putting together something that expresses um, yourself on the outside that you you really have to take that much introspective uh, look at yourself to really to really achieve it, and that 's why I was saying by starting with the things that really allow you to feel empowered to naturally feel good and that are just intrinsically natural for you because you gravitate towards them, allow us to define the things we love. And there really is no denying that. And there's also really no need to defend any of it. It's it's what makes it both, as I said, exciting today and challenging because there was a time where you dressed a certain way because it was the fashion of the times. I'm not sure why... Uh, things evolved that way um in history when it comes to fashion and image but when you look at pictures of large groups of people um gathering uh, either in public or at a theater or a political gathering with an upcoming election you can you can see that people kind of all looked the same you know they they were dressed similarly um it-
0: hi this is Gail Sylvia you'll be on next Hey, Gail, how are you doing? Hey, Cindy? Yes. Hey, congratulations. Is that your married voice? It is my married voice? <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> congratulations. Stand by, okay? Um okay. I, when I, I was going to make reference to area code 847 so you'll know you're in at that time, okay?
1: Okay. All right, I'll just stand say. by. Okay. Thank you guys there, I guess I, I was hearing Gail speak to the the next caller.
0: I'm, so sorry. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not sure where we
1: left off.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't realize that it was good that you could hear me. I thought I had you guys on mute. You have lots of callers standing by, Randolph. So I'm um, oh, go ahead, Marcia. Let's get
1: them on because we want to make this uh, a very we'll open discussion. I know people have a lot of questions.
0: We're going to engage. Uh, Marcia, stay with us. Here's Cindy. Um, Cindy Perlman is on with you, Randolph. Marcia's on, and I'm just going to engage them in the conversation. I'm kind of ma mo ma- manning the board and I, <laughs> there's usually someone else doing this but you have callers coming in so i'm trying Hi, to Cindy, do it
1: how are you today
0: great randolph what an honor
3: to be on with you i'm a big fan
1: oh that's very sweet thank you so much for calling in we really appreciate it what are you thinking about today
3: you know i have to say i love how you're talking about being empowered i do a lot of beauty writing and i've written several beauty books and, and that's what i believe too it's not Looking like you're 20 or looking like everyone else—it's just feeling good about yourself.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a very hard thing to really distill and a very hard thing to convey to people. But I do believe that I, I've started to break it down into some more more finite, practical. Um, applications, you know one of the things I talk about in my book is having dressed so many women and been in the dressing rooms with so many women, you know i I just notice one thing for sure that most women have a self deprecating natural tape that starts playing uh maybe we should call it d v d to be a little bit more um or c d to be a little bit more modern because I still say c d or tape uh, cassette tape, which dates me <laughs> hey, but, um, yeah, which dates me but <laughs> But nevertheless, it is some some kind of verbiage that runs through their mind that is constantly um, uh, again, through some sort of 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 prewired comparison's sake, uh finding the flaws, you know, or so often i'll I'll have you know a significant other with that woman when she 's shopping, and I'll ask that woman, you know what's your best feature? Tell me, tell me quickly, five seconds, and they, they I just see that hate clicking through their head, well, I don't like my hair, and I'd like to get my teeth fixed, and God, if my boobs were only higher, and God, there's a little cellulite right now on the back of my thigh, I can feel that right through my skirt. I can just, they don't even have to say it, I can just see it when they look at themselves in the mirror. And, you know, it's so often that that significant other, the husband, the boyfriend, the son, the daughter, or even somebody with them will say, silly, you know, it's your smile. You know, and it's such a beautiful thing you know and and that, that women can't often recognize in their self what is unique or special or beautiful. Uh, 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 in terms of an aspect of themselves, they get very literal when it comes to this stuff. They start comparing um, line for line, measurement for measurement, size for size, all of these things that have, have, I think, really become antiquated with this whole idea of how you express yourself um, and your self-image. You know, no longer do sizes matter. We know why, because they're so vastly different from brand to brand. You can be a two in a designer size, you can be eight in a more popularly priced brand, and the vanity sizing today is off the charts it's really a case-by-case situation depending on what brand you're buying so there is no standard sizing any longer one of the biggest mistakes i find that women do make is that they don't dress for their body type their figure their shape And and not to sound old-fashioned and use words like pears and apples and all of those words we use, fruits we use to describe women's shapes. I kind of modernized that in my book, and I started making them less emotional. You know, if we could take the emotion out of the whole process of getting dressed... Not unlike when you put makeup on. You know, if somebody teaches you how to put your makeup on correctly, you know you don't start with your mascara and your lipstick. You know that there is a, a process, a step-by-step way of layering your makeup for the best results. You're going to get the same best results when you start to dress properly. And um, it starts with a thought and it starts with a conviction. And, and I think we need to rid the, the conviction a little bit of the negative tape. So I almost say before I begin helping a woman sort of readdress how to uh, readdress how to dress herself, I, I start debriefing her a bit. I start giving her some exercises that allow her to sort of clear the cobwebs of some of this old thinking. And, and that means starting with uh, simply a very simple exercise, which is um, something that's very intimate that you do alone. You can do this in front of a, a mirror, preferably a three-way mirror, but if you don't have one, a, a full-length mirror will do on the back of a, a closet door, or uh, even if you have to stand on a stool in your vanity uh, in front of your, your sink. I mean, it's it's about taking a, a long, honest look at yourself. And in my book, I really call it the, the paper bag exercise. Part of making this less emotional helps if you you do cover your face with um, and i think the best the best and easiest tool is a, a paper bag you know a regular grocery store you know brown paper bag, cut two circles in it for your your eyes and um, and hope your hope your significant other doesn't walk in on you <laughs> because it could be a little strange. You know, it could be an early Halloween. But you you want to stand in front of that mirror, and, and the, the the process of covering your face is 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 really amazing. It sounds a little crazy, but what you'll find is it it detaches you from looking at that body that you're examining as your own. It allows you to be slightly more objective about it. You know, you just don't start spiraling into, oh, my God, you know, if I had only been to the gym a few more times, if I'd only kept with that diet, if I'd only done this, done that, and here goes that tape again. What we want to do is, is get that tape to stop from playing. So by really uh, uh, setting some boundaries, one of the things I don't allow in this process is really any negative, um, uh, uh, harshly negative or judgmental language, Um uh, and after you make this evaluation of your body, where you can really start from top to bottom or bottom to top, really dissect your body from neck or, or head and down to ankles, toes and 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 really write a, a sentence or two about each section of your body, you know from feet to calves to knees to thighs to pelvis, hips, waistline, uh, ribcage, bust line. Poitrine, that's a fancy word for shoulders and, and that beautiful area of a woman's body That I think is so beautiful in every woman And um, neck Again, chin uh, uh, If you want to uh, de- devise the face into several categories But maybe head would be enough and, and write a sentence or two about each And try to keep it a positive sentence If you can't think of anything positive at all To say about it um, you, you know, I, I think the initial process Is to really, to be uh, Objective about it You know, if you see that you have a, a longer waist uh, by proportion or you feel you're a little bit lower figured uh, carrying more weight or volume around the hip area write that down but it's not to write it with judgment it's to write it from a very objective standpoint so you can really define what you're working with you know it's like building a house i mean you can't really build it without a proper foundation you're going to be dressing this foundation and so to dress it Uh, which is a lot about illusion, let's face it. it's A lot of it is optical illusion. Women of great style know how to use this illusion to its maximum. They know how to veil the the things they want to sort of uh, um, shy away from exposing, and they know how to celebrate those areas that are their strong points. They know how to create amazing illusions with their makeup. That's all makeup is, making your eyes look wider, more open, your brows more arched, you know, um, things that... That, that you know we've we 've all seen it you know in in a, in a good makeover where um, uh, I think a woman is treated to something that she never thought could could uh, create the illusion that that um, something that 's been bothering about herself looks completely different um, it 's as simple as that, so you do this this test and you and you kind of write these objective um, statements about these parts of your body, and you start to know yourself in a way that's more objectified and less and less emotional. You know, it's just less emotional. And, and then at the end of it, I really ask you to write a one-page kind of, you know, maybe uh, I can't say how many words, but try to limit it to about one page so that it doesn't get too lengthy, and try to make it almost a love letter to your body. Really try to thank your body in many ways for for its beauty. And if you really find yourself struggling, that you can't find anything about your body that, without that negative tape going off, try to change the atmosphere to something that's more about thanking your body. You know, less, less of a love letter, but thanking it. Thanking it for what it has done for you, where, where it has carried you, for um, what it's allowed you to, to do in your life. And th- these are just habits that allow you to start reframing the way you look at yourself. And less about comparing you know, it's a very intimate thing. It's, it's, it's. We all know that we see a woman who's very self-individualized and has a very particular style, and often it can be very, very, uh, I'm looking for the right word. I don't want to say odd, but it can be very different. It can be very unique, and we just love it. We think, well, I could never do that, but I love it on her. Of course you can, but it's, it's a matter of how that woman got to the ability of being able to do that. So those Marcia. are the first two steps. Yeah.
0: Randolph, excuse. I want to just um, ask Marcia and Cindy a couple of questions so that they can engage in the conversation sure. with you because you've you've shared a lot of um, you've provided a lot of information. Uh, Marcia, in the new feminine wealth, how much of what you hear Randolph describing right now translates into the kinds of conversations that you're having with women as they define wealth?
2: You know, one thing that I'm saying that seems to be across the board is that women struggle with negative self-talk or self, self-judgment, self-criticism much more easily than with feeling uh, very supportive and buoyant for themselves. They don't advocate to themselves on their own behalf often enough, and this um, technique of um looking in the mirror and really looking for how do i feel about my my body and what do i like and and to get into that mode of seeing in a in a new way can be done also for women in their relationship with money we have so many unconscious beliefs and mindsets that hold us back and keep us in an uneasy relationship with money it can be as uncomfortable to have an abundance of money and live with that mindset as it can be to have not enough money. And the the operative thing I'm seeing is that self-judgment needs to turn to self-compassion and placing a really high priority on being comfortable with who we are within ourselves and within the external of our, our world, starting from our skin outward.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, Before we came on the air, Randolph and I were having a conversation about some listener feedback to an introduction I used last week um, of a f- show finally for wealthy philanthropic women, and it goes on to say more, but it was this reference, a show for wealthy women and uh, women how that and you and I have talked about this before you know this aren't always comfortable with this word wealth because it's only associated with amounts of large amounts of money in the bank and it would be similar in my mind to opening if randolph opened up his show by saying you know finally a show for beautiful women and you're like well i don't see myself as beautiful you know or i don't see myself as wealthy and so coming to a place of acceptance and verbiage that embraces all of us, no matter where we are within the our economic social economic status or our perceptions about ourselves when we com- it all comes seems to come back to comparisons
1: it and does, what- Gail. that's so true what you're saying it does come back to that, and you know i think you're i understand completely this this idea of act as if you know i mean you certainly aren't wealthy if you think of yourself as not wealthy to to go to marsha's point i mean right. i've seen too often people that are exactly as marsha said very uncomfortable with large large amounts of money as people are with little amounts of money it's um it, it's 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 phenomenal actually and and i i i think that the introduction to your show is a very brave one and i think today because of the brevity of so many words and the texting and the clicking and the, you know, we are, we often are, are communicating through just words and exclamation points. It's hard to always know what the intent is or what the integrity uh, or, uh, behind those words are, and I, I think discussing it is is important because it's almost self-manifesting if you, you say, I love that comparison, you know, if I did open a show saying, finally a show for a beautiful woman, I would want to to, to listen to that show. But I can see how many might suddenly, with that negative tape, feel like, well, am I a part of that group? Am,
2: you know, th- this goes
1: all the way back to very early feelings that we have when it comes to the peer pressure of life, you know, and the system of schooling we have where we, we go to school and we compare ourselves to Uh, Students that excel or students that do better Or students that get picked for the volleyball team Or don't get picked for the volleyball team And soon we start to fall into groups You know, the nerdy group, the pretty group The popular group, the geeky group And um, we we all know too well That some of these peer pressures Last a lifetime It's very hard to shift the paradigm It's very hard to break that Uh, To some extent there will always be peer groups You know, the the streets you live on You know, the... um, the, the the social class you, you live within the the um, the comparisons will, will always be there, and and the ideals of beauty will also be there. You know, I mean, culturally they can be very different. But if you're not living in Tibet, then you're still probably buying wrinkle cream. If you're living in Tibet, you know they find the more wrinkles, the more beautiful. So um, it, it's very culturally defined today, and um, very dependent upon. Where you are, and um because we live in a physical world, there will be things that will uh, you know potentially be seen as as um as beautiful or not, but more importantly it 's not so much how they 're seen from the outside it 's how they're experiencing felt from within and and that's that's the harder thing we 're trying to define here is uh, and but you know it when you know it I, I think is the best way I can start with this is you know when something makes you feel good about yourself. You know it. So this does require a lot of experimentation, a lot of trial and error. Um, and, and, and style and images is, is, as a result, something that takes a lot of trying. You know, when fashion designers put their fashion shows together for their annual presentations, we do something called looks sessions. It's why I called my book The Look, because in the end, really any outfit is just basically a look. It's one look. And it can be subtly changed by just changing an accessory or even a hairstyle. You know, an outfit can look totally different when you have your hair down or whether you have your hair up. It gives it a whole different attitude. So what designers do is they start putting their collection together, and as they put it on a fit model or a showroom model, they start trying various variations of that. Well, I don't know, something's not right. Maybe we should put hose on. Okay, so we try opaque hose. We try sheer hose. I mean, it comes down to so many elements. That you can combine in such a myriad of ways that it, you know it takes a lot. It takes a lot of time. Now designers spend a lot of time coming up with the exact image they want to present on a runway, but uh, you can narrow that down, down by by having certain things that you rely on. You know they they're they're really like your best friends, your greatest allies, things you always know you can turn to. Your classics, your your that are going to work for you because largely. They just make you feel good, and they really accent your, your most positive attributes that you are self-aware of. <coughs> Excuse
3: me. Cindy, what are your thoughts? You know, it's so funny that you're talking a lot about self-image because part of my job, I'm fortunate enough to interview some of the most gorgeous women of the world for NBC's website, com. And it's funny, I just talked to Viola Davis the other day, and she's amazingly gorgeous. But she told me a story that she went through a big period of her life up up until recently where she would not answer the door without putting her wig on because she just felt that was beauty. and No one could see her in her natural state. And then we all know in the last several months she's gone natural with her hair, which caused actual news stories over her going natural so it is It is funny. And last weekend I interviewed Halle Berry for Cloud Atlas. And Halle Berry even walked into a room looking amazingly gorgeous, just in a very simple black dress. And I mentioned how great she looked. And she was like, no, are you kidding? I, I don't look great. I You know, I think I look a little frumpy today. I've had a long night with my daughter. And, and now there's you know, some
1: good news for women everywhere. Halle, Halle Berry has doesn't look good.
3: Issue. Didn't you guys love that one? I was like, Hallie, I love you more than I've ever loved you before. (laughs) Me too, and
1: I know Hallie well. I've dressed her, but uh, was this when she was honored in that black dress that I saw her wearing, that uh, sort of retro-looking dress that she was honored in?
3: Simple press junket for Cloud Atlas, which everyone Yes, one I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great well, movie. This, that just goes to prove this is what I said. I mean, these women that we hold up so high, like you know, modern day goddesses, they feel exactly the same. There really is no difference.
3: Can I tell you guys something crazy though? And I've ghost written so many books of people I can't even mention because I had to my nine hundred confidentiality agreements. But I had one person who was a big superstar, she had a lot of psychic leanings, this was her life. She had a great theory on this. She said she was middle aged, she hated her arms, she thought they were too fat. She hid her arms and everything she ever wore. And then one of her psychic advisors said, Send love to the body part you hate the most on a daily basis. Just go, I love my arms. My arms carry my children, my arms carry my groceries, they make my house beautiful And she said, you will be amazed in six months, that part that you've hated your whole life will actually look better to you. And maybe it's because you're going to do a little more for it or just send some positivity that way. And I know that sounds
1: nuts. That's a perfect example. That's an exact example of really changing the language and the dialogue you have with these aspects of yourself. And it's not dissimilar really to writing this love letter to your body. If you can't think of anything nice to say, thank it. You know, thank your body for
3: what it's done for you. And Gail knows I just got married last
1: Saturday. Congratulations. Congratulations.
3: Thank you, guys. And I'm 48, and I happen to live outside of Las Vegas in Henderson, Nevada. And that was, I mean, especially to Randolph, that was a nightmare to find a simple wedding dress at age 48. And I love what you said about size not mattering because there I was, at, you know, in all these nice stores, looking at, at the racks, and I'm a good size 10. And every dress was so skimpy, and it was so depressing. And finally, someone said, Come on. Let's go and let's try on like a 14 and we'll we'll tailor it. And for a minute, I thought, oh, God, no, this is even more depressing. I'm not going to buy some dress in a 14. Yeah, these are
1: all ideas that come into our head. You know, there's a stylist in New York. I I won't mention a name, but I really love this idea. And this would be great if the world could be like this. If we could just put blue tape over the labels and the sizes in clothing. You know, with celebrities so often, they get a rack delivered by their stylist of the most beautiful uh, and famous designers in the world. You know, and there's three from Valentino and three from Dior. And three from Vera Wang And three from, you know from, and, and such it goes on for the red carpet And this designer puts blue tape over those labels And I think it's very interesting Because when the celebrity or, or the woman tries the, the clothes on She's not influenced by, oh, this is a Chanel She is really making the decision a little bit more The way it was made back when this all began This, right. uh, I think, emphasis on the red carpet It used to be much more intimate between a designer and, and, and a girl Basically, trying on you know uh, 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 pretty dresses, it's, and, and 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 relating and responding to the one that made her feel beautiful in that moment, and not what label it carried, or or how much it cost, or what size it was. Um, th- that's that's really a perfect example. If we could just not see things in terms of numbers, because you can't take it personally today. There are people that size down, and there are people that size up for various reasons. And it's it, there's a I was reading an article about this in a trade magazine, um, fashion trade magazine. There's such a, a vast difference from brand to brand today, depending on their philosophies and their customer in sizing. That it, you know, it, it's just a number. You know, it's just a number. That's all it is.
0: Randolph, you have another caller from Area Code 443, and so you're on the air. Um, join in the conversation. Hi, Hello.
4: this is uh, Regina with Hi. Devoted Mom.
0: How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks, Regina, for being here today. You're on the air. Oh, great. Randolph,
4: oh, my goodness. If we could just take you and put you in the Devoted Mom slot, um, I don't know what Tasha and I would have to talk about.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for that, Regina. What are you thinking about today about all of this conversation?
4: Well, one of my questions is that, you know, we also, we talk on Devoted Moms just about how do we um, intentionally and purf- purposefully um, grow our children and in a way that it is faith-based. And so as you were talking about what influences how we feel about our bodies and our um, our physical, our external—I um, um, guess—our external view for the world. We are spending a lot of time thinking about how do we work, particularly with our girls, about their internal, so that the external is just is just that, just a uh, coating or even icing on the cake. So I wonder um, what mother or what mother figure influenced you to. Um, think so broadly and so very strength-based in how you view and how you do your work?
1: Well, that's an interesting question because I'm I'm working on a new book that I I just sort of decided (laughs) I was writing, and um, it's almost like a journal I've been keeping, and and I've I've kind of titled it Muse. Um, Randolph Duke looks back at some of his most inspiring women. And, you know, you know, designers always tend to work with this idea of muse and who was your first muse. And in my case, I really think of every woman as, as my muse. Again, I, I don't really have this idea of exclusivity. There isn't somebody who is, is necessarily a great... If I'm working in a department store and I'm dressing that woman, that woman almost becomes my muse for that moment. And there's an alchemy between a designer and a muse that, that is a very sacred thing. It's, it's very beautiful. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's it's almost indescribable and hard to define how it happens, but there have been many, you know, starting with my own mother and inspirations mm-hmm. of seeing my own mother. And, and I ironically grew up in a place where um, I think there was a slightly distorted sense of what women looked like. And it's interesting how this has informed my career. I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada and i grew up with a mother in show business and i was surrounded as a child by these incredible beauties they were all five foot ten. They were all showgirls and dancers. They were always naked because they couldn't sunbathe and, and get tan lines for their costumes. Mm-hmm. This isn't your typical, you know, this is more like a Colette novel. This isn't like your mm-hmm. typical all-American upbringing. Now, of course, I was very serious as a child because this was the 70s, and they were all enjoying and frolicking into things of the 70s, which is why I think we idealized that decade so much. But I was surrounded by... All of this beauty. And um, uh, as a result, I think what happened was I was the one who developed this sense of dysmorphia, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the gift is that I was the one who felt not beautiful enough, not mm-hmm. tall enough, not why did I look like this. And then, you know, there were males around as well, male dancers, male singers, people from show business. And I was. it was generally an adult environment that was around. The Mm -hmm. gift was that I was an environment where I think for many years in in my late teens and early 20s even when I did grow up and became taller and whatever I still felt like you know somewhat of an ugly duckling and Mm -hmm. it didn't really matter what anybody said to me I always felt Mm -hmm. like I wasn't one of those people so I think that it it for me a lot of what I'm able to convey came from my own journey, which mm-hmm. was an inversion of having so much beauty around me. It didn't make me just d- design beautiful things. It-, it allowed me to have a perception from the other side, so to speak. So a lot of people don't know that about me, and, and I, <laughs> I like to tell them that because um, you know, they wonder sort of where your inspiration comes from. On one side, it allowed me to be around women who were – very self-possessed, you know.
0: Mm. Later that
1: led to being around fashion models that were mm-hmm. very self-possessed. In fact, I've always found people that uh, that I think are viewed by the average public as the, the great beauties to often be some of the most balanced.
4: Strangely uh-huh. enough,
1: uh-huh. they're just some of the most balanced. They don't fuss about it, they don't worry about it, they don't ride around in limousines getting manicures and pedicures. They they just live life, you know. In fact, I think if anything, they they kind of pull back a little bit so that they can fit in a little bit, you know. They uh-huh. show up for fittings with unkempt hair and sort of frumpy clothes, and and then the swan, you know, happens the minute they start putting on that thing you've created, and the makeup starts going on. I mean, you look Mm -hmm. at some of these girls backstage at the shows, and you would not know and recognize Mm -hmm. them in the transformation that happens. A lot of those girls are actually girls that grew up very awkwardly, too tall, too soon, Mm -hmm. um, called names, um, hunching over so that they would always be a little bit shorter, smaller, Mm -hmm. not confident at all about their looks. So... uh, it's It's interesting, I, I think that we always think that the, the life path of somebody who who uh, is beautiful or winds up a top fashion model had it easy, not necessarily you know right. not necessarily
4: well as we are as our show really is focused on um on moms and supporting each other um, when we are feeling our best and we are not feeling our best. And so one of, you know, to, this would be, it would be great one to have you on our show to talk about it from um, the perspective that mothers really do have a huge impact in those early years of, of, of what your children think of themselves. Yes. And so we're, we're constantly um, being mindful about um, you are smart and beautiful well, I think
1: that's so important because it's mm-hmm. it's just like a good mother would probably be mindful in, in helping a child, you know, edit and watch what she or he says about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just as mindful to watch your child in terms of what they say about themselves. So we start derailing this negative tape as it right. develops at a very early age as the result of peer pressure and comparisons. It you know, happens
4: so well, early. Incredi- yeah. I have a six-year-old, and it, I picked out an outfit for her that I thought, oh, she's going to love this. She put it on and a six-year-old, and she told me she just didn't look her happy self, and she <laughs> came slumping down the stairs, and I'm like, oh, you have the outfit on. You look awesome. And she's just like, I, I don't like this. And she said, it makes my butt look big. <laughs> 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 and, and she had gone to the full-length mirror, and she looked at it, and I said, listen, you are beautiful regardless what you have on. But if this doesn't make you you know, feel like yourself, then let's go figure out what to do. So we
1: That's absolutely her, right. You did the perfect we, thing. You yeah, did the perfect thing because you're never going to change that mindset. You're oh, never going yeah. to change
3: but if I it's not I right, it's like it's
1: like when somebody puts a dress on, a celebrity puts a dress on, or uh-huh. any woman puts a dress on off the rack and they put it on. The instant they look in the mirror I can tell if it's right or not. And if well, it's not, no matter of convincing, talking right. until you're blue in the face is going to change that. There's always another option, another choice, and, and another road to take. It's not about convincing or telling somebody this is the one. They must mm-hmm. feel it inside. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. on the outside is going to ever tell them, no, no, you're wrong. You look great in that. It right. really, rarely works. It rarely
4: works. Right. right. Well, Randall, what's interesting is this is also a child who loves fitted clothes. <laughs> so, But for me to hear her took me back to a dialogue that I had with my mother about when she picked out clothes for me, I didn't feel like she really knew me. I felt like she picked up clothes for the daughter she wanted, yeah. um, which was lacey and ribbons. Um, so when my daughter said that, I, I immediately went into, wait, how do I meet her where she is, even though, you know, we're trying to rush out the door. She hasn't had breakfast yet. I still need to comb her hair let's figure out how to make this a good day, Um, but also let me reinforce to you that it's not what you have on or how you look, but it's that you are, for us, a child of God, and that you, I am very proud of how smart you are, but I was also very happy she felt comfortable enough to push back to mommy to say, you know, even though you made this, you know, big, big, um, you know, effort, I don't like this mommy. And, and me being able to hear her. And I think as moms, and in particular as devoted moms, we really have to be mindful of that even when we're in the rush of trying to get kids out to the door, to, you know, to school and we're on this clock, um, that we do pause and we allow for those, uh, teachable moments. Um and, you know, her sister will wear the skirt and the, um, and the tights and, and then she may end up liking that. <laughs> Um, but I think that you are so right that, you know, you have to, for us as moms, we've, we're we the ones who are planting those internal seeds that, or those internal ideas that we carry on to be 40 some odd years old and still thinking about that.
1: Yes, yeah, it definitely is a shifting perception and I think it's something that we are 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 just opening the the lid on here just a little bit. It's it's a very new new way of thinking about um uh developing a personal sense of style and mm-hmm. and and really um honing it. You know, I, I mean, right. it, it it takes a very open mind and it takes a a willingness first and foremost before even the committing to to doing this. You know, and mm-hmm. I think some of the things you pointed out were very beautiful. You know, uh, just just the just the being able to hear her, uh, your daughter and and just being able to to really respect, I think, is is a, is mm-hmm. a big piece of this. You know, right. it's um it, it's a very it's a very different world today. It's about um, um the respect that, that children I, I think even many, you know, kind of demand. And generationally that has changed, you know. I mean mm-hmm. there was a time mm-hmm. where we children were seen and not heard and we had all these right. kind of social wisdoms that were spoken and it's 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 a different world today, you know. I mean there's there there clearly is need for parenting and mm-hmm. um you know, I heard this at a Marianne Williamson lecture, That I think that so many parents are afraid to truly parent, particularly as children get into their teens. You know, it's very, mm-hmm. very difficult today. And mm-hmm. um, some Americans are very afraid to strongly parent their children and really take a stance. I think Marianne's point that a lot of this has to do with the fascination of youth and adults themselves not always growing up.
4: Right. And, and assuming
1: the responsibility <laughs> of the grown-up. Uh-huh. Um is really where we have to look at that. And um it sounds like you're nice. doing a terrific job.
4: Well, I hope that you will come on to our show and also give um some mommies who may feel really comfortable in sweatshirts and uh sweatpants a little, you know, a little encouragement on how um to one economically, you know, uh look great and establish your style but also how style how your style is influencing you know, how how you're demonstrating and modeling to your child.
0: Absolutely. So, um absolutely. yeah you know what you also all of us will be able to do is encourage your listeners to listen in to each of the hosts on on yeah. their show. So Randolph's here every Wednesday, ten to eleven, um, sharing incredible advice and encouragement. And then Marsha's on Tuesday mornings from nine thirty to ten thirty. Cindy's on Wednesdays right before Randolph. Um, 8 to 8:30 um tonight and then we also have um Emily and Jamie um the wealth psychologists um uh, in the, their participation in this discussion will really um enhance you know all the elements that have been referenced here today we have time for one more caller um Cat are you on the line can you hear us yes i
5: am hello everyone hi. go ahead um hi cat miles mm-hmm. I have a, a question. Actually, it does speak to perception. Um, I am very fortunate to be in a family environment where everyone is really embracing my uh, self expression, s- specifically through my very large hair. I wear my hair really big. It just happens to come out of my head that way, and I go. I with
1: love it. the way you <laughs> said that in the most self possessed way. <laughs> that was wonderful, Kat. <laughs>
5: Thank you. um I find in some business environments, however, it becomes more of a talking point than I would like it to be you know i I come to the meeting ready to talk about the topic at hand, and my hair seems to be a bit of a distraction for folks but do you have any tips on how to? nicely segue the conversation back over to the topic in hand even though my self expression seems to be on the forefront of most people's minds at the moment?
1: Well definitely I wouldn't recommend dying it pink. Okay oh. now I wouldn't
5: do that one. <laughs>
1: but it, it, that's very interesting. You know, I think it's really just kind of acknowledgement. You know, I think it's 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 acknowledgement, but you really have the power to redirect that conversation. It's uh and bring it back uh, you know, I think sometimes these things are often they they kind of are um the ways we get comfortable in conversation. You know, I mean so often mm-hmm. you'll you'll enter a meeting, a board meeting, a formal meeting, and that's a not so formal meeting, and there'll be a kind of chit chat that goes on. You know, you'll be talking about things that don't seem relevant at all to the meeting. Um, I, I think it's important. I think that these are things that allow people to settle in, to find a, a comfort zone, to your your hair may be the great mediator, you know, you may not be giving it a credit. <laughs> it may actually be your greatest asset. It, it may this is what i mean about the power of 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 image you know if it's distracting to the point of 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 self-consciousness i think that's a a different subject matter if you start to feel that you recoil or that it inhibits your ability to speak or that it 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 diffuses or or dilutes your message then that's a choice you have to make in terms of uh, appropriateness you know it's so often why i think we see the level playing field of way certain professions dress alike, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, the, and, the, and the fact that in corporate America there's a certain dress code that's um, imposed in, in certain environments. I don't really think it's a bad thing. Um, and after all, ask yourself a question. Would you trust a dentist with a pink mohawk, you know, and, <laughs> and seven nose rings? It, it's really wrong not to, because he could be a brilliant dentist. That just happens to be the way he dresses. But notice most don't. Most yes. don't. And, yes. and so there are some trades, some professions, where uh, I think a certain kind of um, comfort level is reached by, by, by looking at somebody in something that just levels the playing field to, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, a, to a place where they, they wear the uniform. You know, they I wear think- the uniform.
5: Thank you, and I think you spoke to a part of what happens with my discomfort, because I'm I'm typically very comfortable with it, but there are certain associations that come up, um, like, oh, big hair equals free spirit. Actually, right now I'm talking about something that really entails me being a type A personality.
1: (laughs) Right, so, so what happens is it then starts to kind of go against your, your message or, or di- dilute or kind of make it more difficult. So that's, that's where you can make some choices that have to do with actually how, how you present yourself. Or just the awareness of it like you just had there allows you the ability to actually make a comment about it, which I think can actually be very refreshing.
0: Hey, Thank thanks you. so much. We've run out of time <laughs> Marsha you know cat Cindy. Regina, thank you so much. And we and I have to apologize to the other listeners that did not get to connect with you this week on Randolph Duke's show, but he will be back next Wednesday, ten o'clock to eleven o'clock Pacific Standard Time in the morning. And you can call in, and he'll be happy to engage in conversation with you. Congratulations everyone and thank you for being here on Sylvia Global. Thank you, ladies, thank you. so much. Okay.
1: Okay. Bye bye.